because he starts to pray like he starts in verse 14 to pray and then he realizes oh I forgot and so he drops the prayer right in the middle the introduction to the prayer and comes back and starts talking about uh, his selection as a steward of the mystery so we need to end starting from the top for this reason I Paul the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles if indeed you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace which was given to me for you now, when he said you've heard of the stewardship of God's grace, he's referring to chapter 1, verse 5, when he, or verse 6, when he talked one verse long or two verses long about the mystery. Go ahead, Sean. That by revelation there was made known to me the mystery, as I wrote before in brief. By referring to this, when you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men as it has now been revealed. Now you'll notice you're now moving in your outline to the history of the mystery. Go ahead. Yep, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit. To be specific, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body. That's the explanation of the mystery. That they are fellow heirs, fellow members, fellow partakers. That's the explanation of the mystery. Go ahead fellow partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel, of which I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace. So Paul was selected. The propagation of the ministry, Paul's a quickening. Go ahead. Which was given to me according to the working of his power. To me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things. Thank you. So you can see how this outline simply falls down yeah. through the passage, yeah. but it ties it together and shows you what he had in mind when he was making the outline. So he says, I'm responsible for the mystery. And here's the history. This was not made known. Nobody knew anything for 2,000 years. This wasn't thought about, wasn't prayed about, wasn't hoped for. No idea. Totally, totally blank. And now it's been revealed, who? Through the apostles and the prophets. So the 12 apostles that Jesus selected and the prophets that were raised up when the church was born in Acts chapter 2, those people have um, revealed the church. And again, the explanation is, all of a sudden, the people that you couldn't go eat lunch with are now fellow heirs fellow members of the body, fellow partakers of the promise. And God selected Paul. He equipped him specifically for this task. And Paul's, Paul's purpose was to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light the administration of the mysteries previously hidden in God. So that Dan and Caleb and Holly, and Song, and Sam would know that today they themselves are what God is using to speak to Satan. There's a big battle going on. And it's reached its climax pretty much. You can tell but dissolution of this nation. We're the prime battlefield. We're not the prime battlefield. Israel is the prime battlefield. But we're the supporter of Israel. We're the only thing that keeps Israel propped up. And 
There's huge, huge things going on in heaven today. Yeah. Now the question comes, well, my husband is in the military, and he got all caught up, and he says, Sarah and I, I found a cuter chick. I'm gone. Now this battlefield is playing out down here. And all of a sudden your heart is just taken out and beat against a brick wall. Or let's say you were born blind. Like Fanny Crosby. God, why would you do that to me? Why would you possibly last something? Because she had perfect eyes, so they took her to the doctor. And the doctor misdiagnosed, put the medicine in her eyes, blinded for life. The impulse is to say, God, my mother worships you, but I don't want anything to do with you. I'm blind. I'll never. She didn't do that. She wrote thousands of hymns praising God. What affliction are you currently wrestling with? What is it that you feel like, God, this is so unfair? What is it? Relationship? Your husband? Your wife? Your child? So, take a mom who's raised kids and one of them goes berserk. Heads off down the wrong trail. Just shreds the dad's heart, the mom's heart. How could you do that, God? I was faithful. I was obedient. I did everything I know how to raise that child the right way. And what does that child do? God, how could you do that to me? Why would you let that happen? Because I want you to be able to say to Satan, Satan, I don't care what happens to me. You see, I trust Jesus. And I trust He will make provision according to His great wisdom. And I'm going to walk with my head up high and I'm going to sing. You know who did that? Who did that in the Old Testament? An incredible way. Job! Job! But the difference is Job didn't know. Job didn't know. But Sam knows. Sam knows that I am exhibit number one that God is using today. Because he did all this in order that the church, through the church, we might display the manifold wisdom of God. So Sam, we're going to give you a horrible taskmaster. We're going to make you under uh, a major that is so anti-black he couldn't see anything but hate. And you all of a sudden under him. And you think, God, he's making my life miserable. He's giving me bad reports. How could you possibly do that to me? And you want to drag your lip to get a blister on it as you walk around saying, poor me, poor me. But Sam doesn't do that because he realizes. No, I'm exhibit number one. And so I say,
guess what? God has given me a very, very unfair major. Or did I say colonel? He said major. He's a major. <laughs> Give me a very, very unfair major. And God has given me that so that I might be a testimony. So Satan, do your worst through that major. I am a testimony to Satan that God is faithful. He never, never misses. You got a wife, a husband, a child. Johnny was her name. And unfortunately, most of you in this room don't know her. Now, most of the people in my age, when you said Johnny, you knew instantly. You spelled that with an I. J-O-N-I. Right? And her dad's name was Erickson. They were upper middle class. And they were going to the summer. She was 17. A beautiful blonde. The world by the tail on the downhill pull with every guy in school on a date with Johnny. And she'd over to Chesapeake Bay. Thought it was deep. It was really shallow. And when she came up, she's a quadriplegic which means both arms and both legs gone at 17. And so then you go through the bitterness. God, why did you do this to me? God, I can't even eat by myself. I can't do anything. They really put her on the table and let me turn her. I can't even scratch my head. Somebody's got to scratch it for me. Move to the left. Move to the left. Now scratch there. Scratch there. I can't go to the bathroom by myself. How's that for embarrassing? And she went to Jesus. Jesus, how could you do that? How in the world could you do that? But she began to grow in her Christian faith. <laughs> I can remember the day when I was teaching the book of Ephesians and I wondered what in the world is chapter 3 the first half of it doing I know what chapter 3 the last half is but I don't understand the last half the first half of chapter 3 it just doesn't make sense to me and then I heard a tape by Johnny Erickson Tata by the way this is the amazing part of the story. She's a quadriplegic. And like most girls, especially if you have to be really cute, but that doesn't make any difference. Most girls won't get married. But who is going to marry a quadriplegic? Who's going to raise their hands and say, I'm, I'm up for that, God? Guess who fell in love with Johnny? Her trainer, the guy that moved her, the guy that fed her, the guy that went to the bathroom with her, the guy that did everything for her, fell in love with the girl that lived inside that body. And married her. And she wears his name to this day, Johnny Erickson Tata. 
And I remember when she said, I looked over at my wheelchair and I said, God, I want you to know I trust you. And I turned to Satan and I said, Satan, you see that wheelchair? That's my platform. To show that you can trust Jesus in any situation. And God has given everybody in this room a platform. And sometimes the platform is really, really fun. And sometimes it's very, very painful. And I suggest that you memorize in order that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church. Jesus, that's me. That's me. That the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. So I'm going to take whatever my platform is, whether it be an impediment, or whether it would be something terribly, terribly painful. And I'm going to lift it up and say, God, this is my platform. You give this to me. And I want you, Satan, to know I can trust God in the midst of that. He's been so faithful. Satan, he even gave me a husband. <laughs> that loves me does everything for me it did it knowing full well what my platform is look at the confirmation of that so you see the statement of the heavenly focus purpose now read verses 11 and 12 Sean this was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. Therefore I ask you not to lose heart at my tribulation on your behalf your glory. Don't be discouraged at what God has given me. Don't lose heart over the pain that I bear. And he was writing to the Ephesian Christians and he was sitting in a Roman jail. And in a Roman jail, you don't get food unless somebody brings it to you because the jail doesn't pay for it. You don't get clothes. You don't get anything. It's a horrible place to be. And he says, I don't want you to lose heart in my circumstances. This is my glory. And it should be your glory what God has given you to bear. Does that make sense? Yeah. What an incredible, incredible purpose that I have, and that Josh has, and that Michael has, and that Stephen has. That I can walk in the midst of the pain and say, God, I trust you. You meet my every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. And I'm going to walk like a son of the king, blessed forever.
Matt, would you go? Pray for us. So this week, study the rest of this chapter and figure out if you can understand what does he mean, what is my earthly focus purpose now.